Hello, thank you for coming back to my podcast. My name is Aaron. Um, and for those of you that this may be their first time tuning into my podcast, I just want you guys to know that I truly appreciate you guys. And I definitely hope that you enjoy my podcast and continue to coming back. And for those of you who have been here and just continuously supported me, I want to say thank you very much. Um, and you know, for those of you who even haven't started off, uh, started off at the first episode or my first podcast, if you start off just anywhere, I thank you. If you start off, you know, through my first podcast all the way up and just, you know, you really enjoy it. You want more content. I really want to, uh, just take this moment to say that I really, really appreciate you guys. I really love you guys. So this, um, I'm gonna get started. I have, um, some amazing like stuff to talk about this is this podcast is going to be what's on the air with Aaron um hi <clears throat> this is going to be part of the hi Dave I'm Aaron podcast podcast which uh, I'm doing to review the newest series on TV that's called Dave um that follows the rapper Little Dicky I provided some background information in the previous video so if you guys you know haven't really checked that out or just want some more background information I can definitely do the videos but I understand if you just want to drive right into it or you have done your research or already know completely understand also, just want to let you know, um, I know if you see in the playlist, this is the second video. I um, explained in the first video that I started this podcast after Dave episode 5 aired. And I just uh, didn't want to go through the hassle of, you know, making every single episode of podca uh, podcast. Because one, I think me being new, that would have just been a lot of sensory overload. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to compact it into this uh, very, very um, nicely wrapped package, or I would like to think it's decently wrapped, like, shit, at least I'm not using, like, aluminum foil to wrap gifts, shit. You basically are getting, like, the, you know, the little bags where, for that one, because that's my first one, and it was two hours and 40 minutes, because it was five episodes smacked together. Huh, <sighs> never ever want to experience that again. So I'm super happy that that's over with. And if you guys, you know, maybe are new to this or you want to see those reviews, definitely check that review out. And I'll even give um, five seconds for those of you guys who um, may want to check it out or is new here. So you won't be uh, kind of lost or you want to follow it more. So I'm going to do five seconds of silence to make sure, you know, I won't um, go into this or for you guys, you guys who have not watched the episode yet. Um, it is on the FXX channel. It comes on on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Yesterday, I watched it uh, three times. And actually, I actually did my podcast originally. at I think after I got done taking my notes, it was around, like, I want to say 2. Yes, 2 o'clock. Um, and I rec actually, no, not even 2, probably 2.33 in the morning. Um, and I, I was so exhausted, um, and I played it back and it wasn't terrible, but I definitely could have done better. So 
that hour 30 minute video hour 40 minute video um that i produced uh that's going to be the original uh maybe in the future i'll release that it's kind of like an unreleased first part just so you guys can see how i tried to improve and then you know if you guys tell me which one you like more tell me what you liked about one than the other tell me which one mostly works for it i'm open to that once again be very respectful of it because different people have differing opinions now with you know that um i'll you know wait again um if i didn't wait before just in case to let all you guys who um didn't necessarily experience you know experience it get ahead so all right let's get right into it so this episode episode six is called talent shows and I really appreciate the title of this episode. Yes, Talent Shows with an S. I'm getting to that uh, probably in my in-depth review of the overall concept um, at the end of the video. But yes, yeah, called Talent Shows. This is sixth episode of season one. So we're 60% done because when I researched it, I think season one, you had some episodes, which I really think is a perfect amount of episodes for a series pilot's a series pilot season and like kudos to them for allowing them to kind of go through that process to find that as well um so this episode starts off in the year 2000 with dave and ailes speaking in the cafeteria of camp lebec uh which is great con continuity because this has been brought up in past episodes where dave you know brings up hey you know we were in the exact same summer camp your dad is a dentist and yeah if you want to know what that's about you can watch that episode or you know and i'm going to go back to those bigger concepts and actual videos not focusing on the show but on those concepts um returning to the synopsis of it dave suggested um as he's like well no him i'll leave that out him and dave uh els and dave they walk to this table with a group of boys um, the only one I think they had named was Tuna. I had to turn on closed captioning. I saw the first scene three times. Yes, I watched Dave episode six three times yesterday when it came on the first time and I had on demand. I was running it the second time, did the same thing. And the third time I put on closed captioning on Hulu so I can get the names from the closed captioning. Um, you're going to understand why I'm not going to be using their names and I'm going to explain it as well. Uh, so one of the, the leader bully, his name is Jake. I got that from the closed captioning and it's, you can see him and Tuna kind of doing a little adolescent boy shit where they like pick on each other about cock sizes, of course, because if you guys don't know, Dave also writes some of these episodes. Dave wrote, Dave co-wrote the pilot. Dave wrote episode three, Hypospadius. Dave writes this episode, Talent Shows. And Dave is going to be also the singular writer for the finale um, from the research that I did. So, of course, dick jokes. It's kind of getting tiring, but I'm going to get into that at the end of the video. Um, they pick on him, and they talk about, like, you know, basically saying, yeah, you probably have, like, the smallest penis on this whole in this whole campsite. <sighs> Yawn. And then um, Jake redirects, and you know, to uh, Dave to kind of get the heat off of him um, to 
not heat off of him, but the heat off of Tuna to be like, you know what, actually, now that I think about it, Dave hasn't shown us his, uh, basically, he always swims with uh, his swimming trunks on, and, you know, he probably has the smallest, which, if you've paid attention to the previous videos, I won't get into that, but we all know that that is definitely, like, on target, so that also shows how, even as a child, his self-esteem definitely is affected by even the, like, uncertain verifiable factual information people may have said say about him even if they don't know if it's true to him and they don't know it's still going to hit them and we've all went through that as well so let's not so um you know then dave kind of in order to like fit in and be accepted of course because you know that is his achilles heel um, he shouts out like this thing called a bird bomb, which is repetitive through this episode and makes this lame fucking joke about being a Jew. And I'm also going to get into that later because watching the third time I dice, I dissected, um, that theme and he falls face forward into like pasta um like noodly pasta like kind of lomani noodles or spaghetti noodles and everybody at the table including l's and you're going to see why i specifically said including l's in the year 2000 um laughs at him and dave feels good and this is kind of how we see like the background of um little dicky and how you know he jokes or uh, around etc etc in the beginning of you know that theme so the scene then the next scene it goes back to present day and it's actually um and i'm happy you could tell it's going to be a backstory episode from the first scene and this scene because dave and his crew and by me his crew his actual like musical crew consisting of elves which we find out his name is elliot mike we know it's michael and gata which we finally find out his name is daviante um f maybe you guys if you guys didn't do your research i know i didn't know who gata was um but you guys definitely should do researches on gata who i actually also found out is little dickies like dave little dickies actual hype man like in real life so i definitely thought that was pretty cool um and then it goes to this scene where the parents mispronounce gata's name they call him like gato like he's not a fucking cat like he's a fucking tiger king and then they call him gata and all that other shit to which you know gata's like well if that's too hard for you my name my real name is daviante and let me tell you like them <laughs> dave's parents i love them throughout this whole uh episode but dave's parents snap right into shape and it's like mm, i think i'm not going to call you that because that's going to stretch my comfortability of calling you that name and of course you know i'm not going to be too hard on them because um you know i don't think their characters is written that way uh, i think it's just because of the older age discrepancy um that i will be on some characters with other intent and they got they whipped it right into shape and caught him um gata then you know they ask him some question they ask him a question or like gata responds and uh converse with them and gata accidentally use uh profanity and like in the uh while at the table um and you know we also it pans to dave while they're at the table dave 
opens his phone and he actually gets a text from Allie and the text from Allie says, you know, hey, like basically hope everything is all right. Like I miss you. Um, and basically, you know, how's everything going? Yada, 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 yada. Um, but before Dave can reply, uh, he, he kind of does get chastised for picking up the phone at the table due to bad table manners. Um, in my opinion, all Dave literally had to, all Dave, like, literally, literally, literally had to say was, okay, look, um, I did, like, my girlfriend texted me, but that's a whole, like, different issue that is going to be on top of the cascading, um, shitty waterfall that is filling up Dave's and Allie's, like, partnership chalice just so wonderful um and this is only the first part in this episode without her even being physically there um and then you know it like i said gator accidentally cusses until uh else like i said elliot um it's funny because i think them being back home dave and elliot reverts back to kind of like you know how they say when you go back home you revert to kind of your core or your true self um i think els and little dicky revert back to dave and this is the first time we see kind of els is elliot um and not necessarily the first shimmers of it him as elliot but i think this is where he kind of steps into like the full full role of elliot so um Dave's mom, you know, L says, like, what? We can cuss now and use profanity, to which Dave's mom says, you're not 10. And please, guys, keep this in mind because this is a very important concept throughout the whole episode. I'm not going to get too much into it until the end of the video because I definitely want to keep this podcast going to make sure I hit my time um, marker. So, um, yeah, keep that in mind. And then, you know, he responds with, like, a really funny line. He's like, nigga, what the fuck? <laughs> and then everybody laughs at the table. Um, then we go to, like, the next scene where we see Dave showing Gata. Gata. Them niggas got me saying that same shit, too. Gata to his room and uh, Gator says, oh, uh, his room in the basement, which is actually like, you know, where all of Dave's like, you know, it is Dave's childhood room. So like where all of like his child stuff is kind of like still in the room and stuff like that. And it's set up literally how I don't, I don't even know if they really changed it. So Dave, Dave, um, not Dave, Gator gets in the bed and Gator, uh, I think Dave sees that Gator's kind of fidgety, which um, in the last episode, we know what's wrong with Gator, and for because I don't want to necessarily spoil every single thing, and um, Gator uh, is, you know, fidgeting and stuff, and I think Dave recognized that, and he tucks him in, and this is like the one of the most pure, cutest scene between these two um, on the show. Uh you know, thus far, as far as like adolescently innocent, like an ad, like it's literally like they had, they were doing like an adolescent type thing of two really real good friends. Um, okay, so then that ends. The next scene, um, goes to the next 
day and we see Mike going into the, the kitchen with Dave's mom and you see Dave's mom uh, before he actually starts talking to her and before you know he actually comes full of frame and by the way I just want to definitely definitely say that uh, the director of this episode and you know that brings me to um, the director of it and he's not just a director he's multi-talented his name is Andrew DeYoung and you know he's been a director an editor a writer a producer a cinematographer and with cinematography like it's it, it shows if I had to guess he definitely had a hand in the camera angles and such like that because these camera angles were giving me more depth than usual at and like in the regular show they were giving me more emotion especially in these type of ep in this type of episode so he gets to did that war and then also like like, um, with my research, put some respect on his name because uh, as a director, he did, you know, three episodes of AP Bio, which stars one of my, uh, one of, like, the actors in my most 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 precious show like my all-time favorite show it's always sunny in philadelphia glenn howerton um definitely like that's my all-time favorite show so that was definitely um a good choice for this show and then he's also worked on other shows and other positions such as like mixed dish i think the penis with the fucking one and the five just to be i think edgy um i haven't seen it maybe it's good if it's good just please let me know because i definitely am looking for more shows to watch and even he I think he was something on mixed dish too um and oh cannot even forget this one of my other like you know favorite shows is the eric andre show which he was actually the editor of 10 episodes of the show now some of the times he was uncredited and then the other times he was credited as um Andrew DeYoung. Some of the Andrew DeYoung crediting uh, says, you know, Andy DeYoung, and maybe that was in, it seems like that was more so in his earlier work, but still, he has the resume, and it's clearly evident um, that he has the range and uses, like, you know, a lot of his knowledge in this episode, which is great. I just want to shout him out, but then I'm also going to shout Dave out because so far, this episode and the stuff that he written in it, it was kind of, well, you know, it was well thought out, and I wonder if, um, which probably did, if Andrew Day Young had some, like, pull in, like, the writing and the dialogue and the script uh, when it comes to that, because this is, like, this is definitely next level for Little Dickie's writing, and we see the episodes that he even co-wrote, which was the pilot that has its issues, and then Hypospadius is just... I I think it's the worst episode in the season season thus far for reasons that was in the uh, previous video. But yeah, he definitely has the range. You could definitely tell. Um, and also pay attention for those of you guys who definitely want to do like this podcasting type thing because it does come with research. You can definitely tell um, the differences in the episodes and the feelings of episodes by um, you know uh, which executive producer is you know doing their work and then just you know who and you start to see a pattern based on you know which one is you know ex is um doing what in each episode but anyways you know i have to move forward we are back in the kitchen scene and mike comes in the frame but before he fully comes into frame on his phone um the mom is like cleaning this ceramic bowl and it's just staring out the window and like 
I don't want to say it's not like a surprise type face, but it's just like unfucking believable. Like she literally does say unbelievable. Um, and Mike goes and was like, okay, but what's wrong? And then basically just so I don't want to do the back and forth dialogue. She basically tells him that this nigga is washing the wrong fucking car in broad daylight. And it's just beyond her. And then, um, he's basically like, can, you know, maybe we should stop him. And he's, she's like, no, let, oh no, specifically. Specifically, he's, she says, no, um, let him waste his fucking time. At least he's making someone happy, which I'm going to get to that at the end of the episode. Um, actually, I'll touch on that. No, I'll, I'll get to that at the end of the episode. The next scene, um, and, you know, he finally finds out, like, he's trying to, like, click his little opener to the car. And then he hears that his car is in the garage. Um, the next scene is we see the crew um, and uh, Dave's kind of crew in the club to which we see Mike is visibly uncomfortable. And we clearly know why he's very uncomfortable. He's not the type of person. He's not that type of girl. He just doesn't have that range. This is not his genre. Um, you know, he's feeling all outs of source. He's feeling all types of way. And he feeling, he's feeling like he's not in his bag but the bag is um violently like you know in him which i guess it could be a good thing now that i talk about it but yeah so he's just in his own little space um not trying to really do shit some girls come around and um they try to dance with dave and pop bottles um uh, which goes back to what uh gator said like you know about his connect here at the table everybody's like how do you have a connect here and he's basically like i just talked to someone at philadelphia and he's like basically you know they got the hookup so um you know, Dave kind of shoots the girls away because Dave definitely knows that he's in a relationship. And, you know, Dave lo does love Allie and he does respect their relationship for them. Uh, I, not, excuse me. I don't want to, I'm not going back step because I, I said what I said in my last videos. He respects his relationship in the sense of, um, you know, he's not going to step out on him. And he, because he really does love Allie. But once again, it does take more than love. And it, I like that because that definitely shows that side of Dave, which we've actually we've seen before. But it's even though even more gratifying when Ali is not there to know that he is also trustworthy, um, that he won't cheat on Ali. Um, in the show, so I say like he he's faithful faithful to Ali because this is the first time that he does this this episode. So after the women like kind of go away, then here comes Dave Old Camp fuck boys and they just come in and they join them at the table and i'm just gonna let you know right now like <sighs> elliot was not having that shit like when the camera panned to like <laughs> l elliot because i definitely think he is you know more so elliot you can tell he has a grudge of the ages you could tell you know he's you know he don't know her you know you can tell that it's above him now and all that other shit. So, like, he was not with the fuck shits from the beginning. And, um, you know, they come and sit down with him. And 
you know, Elliot is telling Dave, and we definitely know it's more than just the physical room. It's like there's, like he tells him that, you know, hey, like we can't have all these people or these people here. There's not enough room, um, you know, which that can, you know, be multiple double things, like not enough room in their life, not enough room in their friendship. Um, and you're going to see how that plays out as well, especially right now. Um, so, you know, Dave is like, nah, nah, I don't know what you're saying, like chopping it up, X, Y, Z. So then, you know, party, 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 yada, yada, yada. Um, Mike goes to find a Wi-Fi password and passcode for, I think he goes to find it for else. Um, so he leaves and then, um, Gata, Gata is confronted by club security and he's he's not he's not specifically confronted by club security, but Dave's whole entourage is actually because they're like, okay, you gotta move for the hoes. Like we really don't give a fuck who you are, X Y Z, which goes back to some recurrent themes. And then Gator gets up and like, um, I don't know if you smell bitch over here, but it ain't no bitch in me at all. I can be bitching all these other motherfuckers, but not here. And, you know, he is, you know, he's standing ten, toe, ten toes down in that shit. He's definitely riding for the team. Like, he's definitely a ride or die. You definitely would want somebody like Gator on your side. And, yes, like, Dave made some good points. You know, he's because Dave was very, very complicit and like, okay, you know. We can just leave, which, you know, I guess that would have in reality been the most appropriate option to do. But of course, we are going to have to be in the mindset of the actual concept of the episode um, and not like, yes, still be in reality because it does fight because that this does happen. And we definitely understand why Gata is not having this pushover shit from the stuff that he went through in his life, um, period. And, you know, Dave, because he's so, like, passive and stuff, he does tell Gator to calm down, which I don't see anything wrong with that. He does tell Gator, like, you definitely are representing me, which is absolutely 100% facts, even though, bitch, really nobody knows who the fuck you are. Still, they still don't know. And it's funny, it's because it's like, okay, there's no way that, you know, I I'm trying to keep up, like, okay there's not necessarily like no but maybe it's not know who you are but he's not at that status where things come to him and that's actually not i think about it reiterated in the um latter part of this episode um so basically um you know dave after telling him to calm down gator has a reaction and mm, gator reaction gator's reaction is kind of on 8 9.5 10 12 because you know he feels like uh like what the fuck you mean i'm not representing you well fuck them all my true friends love the way i ride for them because i defend them and stuff and he specifically says like um and ask the rhetorical question, like, are you just going to let him, it, it, it's half rhetorical, I feel like half serious, like, are you just going to let them, like, bully us out of this section, and then before, like, he, he, Gator rips into Dave, like, this is the, like, very first time we really, like, 
like Gator, like really, then Gator and Dave really bump heads, and like Dave really wasn't for any fucking type of smoke, like at all. Like he probably can pull that shit by the with the way he talks to Mike and the way he talks to um, Elliot. However, Gator, and I'm happy he kind of did this because Gator let this motherfucker know, like you can do these to these other motherfuckers and your other friends, but when it comes to me, not over here, because there's no bitch over here in me. Period. And, you know, he calls Dave a pussy and then he leaves. So, one of the, like, douchebag brigade members whispers to Els and, like, they're in a, excuse me, Elliot. He whispers to Elliot because, remember, I think this is the episode and I like it because it doesn't just give more depth to Dave. It definitely gives more depth to um, Elliot, gives more depth to Dave, it gives more depth to to Gata as a per not necessarily his background but Gata like personality and relationship to Dave's relationship with him and his other friends and how you know he feels like friendship should be and it also gives um more depth in depth into the parents so um yeah I think definitely Els can be Elliot for a good majority of this episode I think he becomes like Els towards the end not towards but at the like end of the episode and you're gonna know why um so one of the member of the douchebag brigade definitely like leans over to elliot and was like gata is not just hood no he threw a cape on that bitch and was like he's super hood to which elliot like ugh, the fucking caucasity and responds um and you're fucking white and, you know, he acts, you know, he's like, oh, I didn't hear him because the club music, um, you know, was up and stuff. And he's like, what? And Elle's like, yeah, I'll see you around, like, uh, later. Um, and so it goes to, not Elle's, Elliot. It goes to Elliot um, walking, like, out of the club. And then he meets Mike. And Mike is finally like, oh, I finally got the Wi-Fi password. Um, and this is to which Elliot responds to Mike like, I'm so sorry, but right now I can give two fucks less about, um, I'm not like, I couldn't give any less of a fuck about this Wi-Fi. I got an exit stage left. Like I left something in the oven type shit. Like he was like motorsport vroom who got the keys to my jeep type shit and got the fuck up out of there in the immortal words of missy elliott's um in her uh Durain video from her legendary album super duper fly so he leaves so just keeping like i just want you to also keep count of the care of dave's like friend friends like his actual friends and homies and family that actually care about him so his best friend his best friend is not there um and dave like dave you know he's talking to the, him and the douchebag brigade 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 are in the next uh scene around each other and dave is fucking drunk yes but dave is gonna have to have some sort of accountability with this because i was just like so you are around all of these used anal beads and you're not even going to try to check on your friend and this is just more um this is just even more emphasis sometimes on how unbalanced and kind of severely un um caring that Dave can kind of be in not just his um amorous relationship with Allie um or his fam um 
yeah, his amorous relationship with Ali, but his platonic relationships with like his crew. So, and once again, this is one of the times where the angles of the camera definitely in the placement, like the blocking of the scene. And for those of you who don't know, you know what blocking is. It is a term which is like movement, like on a stage or a set. Um, and the placements of the characters. So we see the camera. Gata has his back turned towards the group because Gata, I feel like Gata kind of can clearly see like fuck Steven, Stevie Wonder. Um, and not just Stevie Wonder. People who are fucking like in the ground can see that these friends are nothing but um groupie Gregs and uh clout chasing um dildos. So, or a clout chasing cocks. And, um, you know, Gator's just, he's too real for that shit. Like he said, what I gotta see for, I didn't see it fucking all. Um, so he's not fucking with it. Um, and with good cause as well. And, um, as you can, oh, so, you know, Dave then, you know, is having a discussion with the douchebag brigade. I think fucking Sour Trout, aka Tuna. In uh, the show, I think he's like talking to him and Dave is drunk. And now, though I don't really, you know, hold too tightly because it does depend on the person. I also do believe because I've seen this with my very own eyes in my fraternity. I've seen this with my very own eyes with, you know, my friends. I've seen this even it's even been told to me the very minimum amount of times that I've been drunk because I am not a drinker at, at all. Um, I'm not for, you know that alcohol life, you know, 420 for show, smoke weed every day, Nate dog. So, um, yeah, uh, Dave, you know, reveals in his drunken, drunken stupor, he's like, hey, so, you know, do you remember that time where, you know, you told me to put, um, peanut butter on a member, a member of the douche brigade's bed, um, and, you know, when he when that member got on it, um, he almost died, and Dave didn't know he was allergic to it. And this is very telling. So a lot, and I'm going to just say this: a lot of the times, and when I say men can be like boys, and men are, can be some of the most backstabbing, catty fucking people on the plate, like on the planet and in the fucking cosmos. I, from the bottom of my heart in all sincerity, mean that shit. Like, I've seen it with a, a lot of groups that I, you know, used to be in. I was like, really can't fuck with you. And I used to be Dave. I'm telling you, which is why I can critique, you know, Dave in, um, in this type of instant. Because I was also very passive as shit. Um, and definitely, like, well into, like, I think, a, I think... I think honestly 18 is when I stopped actually in high school I think I was over that shit sophomore junior year in high school so I started taking less shit and then senior year I was fucking over it because even teachers got it who thought they wanted to fucking talk to me on any type of way and disrespectful because yes I went to um I went to a college prep high school um where you had to actually test in to get into and um a lot of the teachers play favoritisms and i'm just like y'all are so basic with y'all fucking dusty asses and i hope one day um when you're walking and you're elderly the wind just fucking blows you to dust um that's just some background information with me so um 
we see and you know Dave confronts him about it and then Dave immediately asks him like you know why would you do that because he had like he Tuna told Dave or if it's not Tuna I really don't care all of them hoes name can be Tuna can be Trouty Mouth uh, Glee um, thing or you know Stankfish I don't give two fucks they're the douchebag brigade um, so he goes and like tells a member of the douche ask a member of the douchebag brigade why highly intoxicated why in the fuck would you make he didn't say it like that kind of wish he would because definitely you know but it is in his character so i'm not going to be too hard on dave at all just like mm, you know ali i really wish she would because it she's still there are a lot of personality traits that she has that are kind of cemented but you know there's still room for her you know with that just like there's room for dave as well um, so he asked, you know, why would he make him do that? And the guy up there was also laughing to where that happened to, huh, dumb bitch, no brain cell having guy cock shit. Like that's some dumbass caca shit to laugh at almost fucking dying purposefully. Um, because, uh, them boys don't give a fuck about Dave. Honestly, you can see that through the rest of the episode. And if Dave took the fall for that shit, they would have happily turned his, like, curly afroed ass over to the police and not even give two fucks about it. Like, it would have come... That could have... That, that, like, that could have really... And I hope... I wonder if this is a real story because uh, some of these things, you guys, you know, can take as, like, comedic value. But some of these things with the real-life implications, since this is kind of like a... I don't know if it's a semi-autobiography or autobiography of Little Dicky, but especially with him writing this episode... Um, that could have just killed anyone knowing about Little Dicky because they would have definitely locked his ass up because when it comes to like white on like white crime, that's when it's like, okay, this is like the justice that you are about to get instead of, okay, this, this, and the third. Yeah. These niggas would not, did not get, would not have given a fuck about Dave. Like Dave would have been below the jail. And, um, he asks him cause that is a actually valid question. Like, damn, I could have caught a whole fucking murder case and you know all the boys did and this is also a very very uh uh thing a very very like common thing that happens especially and just listen to this especially in a lot of male relationships where everything is a fucking joke and they do it as a joke in order not to take accountability for it and people don't know how much that fucked dave up so if they're not going to take accountability for about to make dave like murder murder one of their own they're not gonna like for murder like they're not gonna take accountability for almost committing murder they're not gonna take accountability for shit else that's under it and there's a lot of categories that's under murder for sure there's a lot of categories that's under murder um so yeah he's basically like you're so funny bro dumb ass and then he was like i didn't mean to okay uh no rejected decline um, and after like, and Dave did kind of confront him very kind of pussyfootedly and passively. Um, once again, I've been there, so I can definitely critique him with that because maybe if he would have like, um, dropped his balls a little bit more, uh, he would have gotten some straight answers. 
But, you know, also the guy. And another thing about, especially in guy relationships that I know is, there's always, and I guess in every relationship too, no matter between what genders or what genders in the act, but what, in a friendship group, it is very common, but I'm speaking from a guy's perspective because I am a guy, it's very common for one of the members to be the lightning rod of the group. And these members are getting hold all the time. Their opinions really don't fucking matter. Their base, their main job is to be, um, basically tap dancing for fucking watermelon seeds and i definitely did take that um for from someone um but i can't remember i think it was maybe a parody um of uh i want to say one of like the got to be real videos um and it, if you have not checked those shits out i checked them out they are funny as fuck um on youtube the got Two with the number two B with the letter B. Real. I definitely love that. Um, funny as fuck. But anyways, yeah. So, um, yeah. That's a de- that's a very common theme because you know when, especially when I guess you're the king of the castle and your group. Um, humiliation is uh, humiliating others is a fucking sick demented twisted way but it does um function for some of these sad ass sadistic friend groups who have no fucking home training who their parents should have fucking either swallowed them or um he shouldn't have been inseminated in the first place and should have been inseminated in the toilet water um they do this and they they do this they do this not only to you know quote unquote make the group bond in a very very um barbed wire like connected toxicity they also do this to kind of let people know like this is the big dog um don't fuck with us or like we're the people who run this shit and um also to like put people in their quote unquote place simultaneously um as like don't get it fucked up because that's what that xyz and we can also see that um, he was probably the David before Dave came along and went into the group. And so when you have stuff like that, and that's why also in my fraternity videos, I'm going to talk about this. You're creating a very vicious, venomous, poisonous um, cycle of just uh, very rancid energy and like rancid energy transform and it's just it's it usually falls apart and it's not good at all so you know he's laughing and then you know one of the other douche brigade uh, brigade members um whispers in dave you're like fucking legend and boosts dave's ego because remember his self-esteem he basically never had any um and you know, his rapping is, you know, part of his self-esteem. And Gata is the catalyst of his self-esteem as well. And I remember Gata is not in that shit at all. His back is turned. Like, purposely, he's on his phone in his zone. He's like, fucking hit me up when you not. He's like, basically, like, fucking hit me up when you don't want to catch these hands and you want to catch these hearts in my love. Because I'm not about to fucking play with you right now. So... They, you know, the douche brigade, you know, goes in his ear. And it's like, you know, yeah. And then Dave drunkenly, once again, a drunk mind speaks very, very, very sober thoughts. He's like, tell me again. 
tell me again, talk dirty to me. You know I like that dirty talk. And he's like, you're a fucking legend, to which they manipulate they, they manipulate him based off his weakness and pumping up his weakness. And that's the exact opposite. And I like the comparison because that's the exact opposite that Gata does. Gata boosts him up on his strengths and 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 boost him up on his weaknesses by how unique he is and you know just love like just off the rip the first episode so it kind of also shows the differentiation uh, the differentiation between multiple group members who are you know that he has now and how they uh affect itself for and how they bump him up compared to these fucking used condoms with holes in them so they convince him Con, con convince him because um not even convince him but pers successfully persuade him to go up there and do a bird bomb now yes dave is intoxicated so i do cut him some slack in that sense however i don't cut him slack like all the time for those who are like you don't know like being drunk you can black out you can do these things okay like i understand that but can we really fucking be transparent and honest even if dave was not drunk even if dave drunk like a half a shot of Ciroc or a half a shot of a half a shot of Everclear and two gallons of water right behind it. Dave is still going to do it because they know how to manipulate. Um, they know how to manipulate him for sure. So, like I said, one of these um, pieces of feces basically is like, okay, Dave, um, you should do you should do a day. Of bird bomb so dave drunkenly in his drunken fucking stupor goes up there and now it, it, it pans it pans to mike mike has his headphones in so mike is not actively there like he's he's there but he's not there and he hasn't heard what has progressed on um that transpired between dave and the fucking trash can kids or the trash pill kids he doesn't know what they have told him so and, and that's a representation of at some point your friends can't save you you're gonna have to save yourself like you are gonna have to save yourself in these situations because you're not gonna always you know it, it's your responsibility almost and i'm not saying that harshly because yes i get um people's point of you know if you know it's a friend is a friend is a friend is a friend but i'm going to get to that later because that definitely goes with the theme of this show um of this episode so dave goes up and this is probably one of the most i felt embarrassed for the character dave like i was in that fucking club and you cannot make this shit up dave in order to impress them yes pisses on himself like a lot and you can just see it start and it runs down its leg and what the fuck is you doing like what is you doing like no you are in your 30s doing this stupid shit um once again he is drunk but let's keep in mind he would have done this sober as well so let's not maybe his inhibitions were a little more released um and maybe he would have like maybe caught himself back into reality like he always does after the fact that it's done but another thing that is like recurrent or has been recurrent is after some shit is done even if you go back and think about what you did it's done already like it's in the atmosphere and now you have to work your way up more <sighs> and his these fucking um what do i want dick cheese ass head 
fucking niggas record him and you know as they're recording him for their own amusement because this is this like peeing yourself in a club as a grown ass man is probably if not the absolute apex very close to the apex of self-humiliation. So they record him in his drunken stupor, humiliating himself at the club. And um, they're like, they're going to post it everywhere. And once again, Little Dicky's reputation is, you know, out there in the internet because he done some stupid shit that he gets recorded from. And I'm like, Almost like punching a hole in the TV. Like when, when will you ever learn? Like when will you learn that the stupid shit that you do has real life consequences, which kind of still shows, you know, the audience that Dave, yes, he has talent, but he still does not understand the whole package such as reputation. Um, and even while being a drunk stupor. So, you know, that ends, like I said, no one can really save him. Everybody want to be like, that's awesome and stuff. You know, they giving him a big ass head about it. And it's at this point of the series where they've evolved, like in Pokemon, from the douchebag brigade to the douche canoe crew because that was some caca bull caca. So the next day, Dave wakes up to not one, not dose, not sign, three uh, messages from uh, Allie. But, I mean, three call, missed calls from Allie in like a very kind of very close time period and she didn't call that far off from when he actually picked up the phone like it was pretty much in the same probably 45 minutes in the time frame from the first call 30 minutes from the second call I think it was 20 from the third call and then it was in like the teen minutes for the message that she sent him in you know the text message he sent him and the text message that Ali sends him that it pans to is you left the weirdest voice message of all time last night. And I'm like, oh, my God, please don't tell me like while he was still super fucked up. These douche brigade bitches may. I'm sorry. Excuse me. No, they are involved. They get a higher title um, and actually a more disrespectful title. The douche canoe crew, those used condoms may. I hope they didn't make him like call his girlfriend and say some other shit or put stuff in his head, make him think about it and say some other shit. And yes, they can't make him, which is why um, I'm going to get to that point at the end of the episode as well. And I'm not even going to hold you up. I do have a fraternity story about, you know, a boy doing that while drunk as fuck. But, you know, he was also kind of like, I don't want to say necessarily a douche canoe, but not necessarily, um, the most morally sound person in general and it's amplified by the alcohol but i digress from that because that is actually a whole completely different series in this so um dave then goes um and walks out of the room stumbling you know you can still take he's more hung over than the fucking racehorse's cock and um he is just not even he's on planet earth but i don't think he realizes it yet so um he walks he walks he passes the stairs and i love like i said i love i absolutely love the blocking and the blocking the blocking in this episode was phenomenal 
um, because we also see this thing where it kind of hints to the audience like maybe that's another thing where Gata and Mike because we, we didn't see them it was focused on Dave where it's like Gata like you stacked up a one a $1,800 bill he says $1,800 but a $1,800 bill from last night and to call the guy that he called his guy that he met on the airport which Gata is like uh, he said the table was free I said the table was free I never said that the drinks was free and that's also sometimes for those of you who are artists um you know and, and and is making it even if you're like half a mile relevancy sometimes you still don't get the perks of the uh of the other artists to where like you know oh the just assume that these are all like free amenities and and, and free services and free um you know services on the house and that was clearly not the case like no you guys could sit in the section for free because he probably also like either charges to sit in that section if they want to just sit there all night um but no y'all gonna have to pay for these drinks um <laughs> don't give a fuck who you are so then we see Elliot, yes, not L, still Elliot. We see Elliot laying down, and you know, Dave is in the daze, and Elliot is even like, hmm, huh, must have been fun pissing yourself. So, you know, he definitely knows that, like I said, those um, aborted fetus carcasses um, made him do that shit. So, L's. Uh, not else Elliot I think he just like is kind of fed up in his own way and I'm happy that they portrayed him as being fed up still true to character because not all like he's still very smooth about it but he's very direct and I really appreciate that because being direct and truthful with someone doesn't necessarily have to be this big spectacle now if it is in the character's personality yes but they do a very good job keeping the character in character and with different emotions and I definitely enjoyed this scene and like I said the cinematography is phenomenal um I enjoyed the scene and how the camera is looking at them um kind of from the side-ish and of course it pans in different angles after uh post-editing work um but like I said you can definitely tell that the director probably um of the episode had a major hand in this so um yeah, uh, Els is, <sighs> Elliot is, listen, he's, <sighs> he's fed up, he's tired, he is like, you know what, you are my, like, brother, so I'ma keep this fucking 100 with you, a stack, a meal with you, because, not, let's not get it twisted, Elliot's, um, even as Els, Elliot's, I don't want to say necessarily apathy, but Elliot's lack of, like lackadaisical nature is not equivalent of saying that he does not care for Dave. And you can clearly see that he loves Dave's even in previous episodes for how they have their friendship, um, i.e. the example of when they are in the car um, going to initially ask Gata about, and I'm sorry this is spoilers um, uh, from the first episode, but when he's in his car and just the like back and forth that him and Dave has uh, have um, in the car, you can definitely see that that friendship was solidified in the pilot episode as best friends. And 
Elliot is very real with Dave and it's like, why are you letting these bum bitches around you who really don't give a fuck about your well-being and are clearly clout chasing cocks around you? And it's infuriating to which Dave, see, and once again, this is also another lesson. Y'all let the wrong manipulative ass people bump y'all heads up. And I see that a lot. And I see that a lot in arguments because just because more people are on your side or you have, you know, a greater quantity of people, look at the people that's on your side. And I, I say this over and over again to everyone. I definitely implement this in myself. Like, look at the type of people that you are surrounding yourself with in terms of who was agreeing with you because yes these clout chasing cocksuckers are going to definitely say any and everything to make dave want them and like them and in uh, i mean they're still going to be assholes but because dave is like blowing like this is and this is the most dangerous part of the whole process dave is blowing up as an artist um so yeah else uh, Elliot tells him the real and breaks Dave's illusion of how he feels like, you know, um, the how he was viewed talking about I was iconic I was a, a basically a legend because of you know that scene that was uh people rooting for him to get on stage at camp and keep that scene in mind because it's not it's not a whole scene it's a scene in pieces to which Els is like you must have lost your fucking mind or you must be sniffing some cocoa because that's not how it happens at all and Dave tried to tell Els that not how it happened and Els is like no that is not how it happened at all and I'm going to leave you here and you're going to think about what you did and what you said because you clearly smelling your shit a lot and now and this is the scene where this is not dave talking this is little dicky fucking talking um using dave's experience it and um after you know elliot leaves because remember elliot does have a lot of weight with dave because that's his best friend after elliot leaves dave sits there and ponders and then we go back to a flashback um in 2001 but before we go back to the flashback his parents his dad comes downstairs in this um <laughs> dapper looking suit from like the 1930s and like he was looking fresh to death honestly um, and that, that's, <laughs> it's funny because I can see Dave literally being his dad, um, as he got, like, he's literally his dad, um, you know, in style and stuff. But, um, yeah, so he comes down with that dot pursuit, which is clearly not really appropriate for the venue that they're going on. And, um, even the sound, like, as they're talking and, you know, Dave is still, hung over um and you know it starts to kind of echo but you definitely hear the mom and the dad like the mom is like what are you wearing um and he's like what like this is the first concert and the mom is like well i laid some clothes out for you you know i thought and then um it goes to the uh into Dave's head and he thinks back uh to really really look and see what Elliot was talking about so then it goes back to a flashback um of 2001 so this is one year from the first flashback we saw in the episode um in the future so it's a time skip of one year and um these these um piss buckets I'm gonna call them that these piss buckets um, are still, you know, Dave are still hanging around with these piss buckets and Elliot. And um, 
Yeah, these piss buckets see that the leader of the piss buckets, Jake from State Farm, uh, Jake from State Farm is basically like, oh, you see Kari, 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 you see Kari, um, go tell her that you, uh, it's time for a bird bomb, like, go tell her you love her and then smash X on your, uh, well, ooh, we don't know he's gonna smash X, but tell her you love her and then do a bird bomb, to which Dave is kind of resistant and like, I don't really know about all that. And um, this whole scene, young Elliot is not for the shits at all. And it's such a dramatic change from the first time where he was in, like laughing and indulging with them. Um, you know, because that was, I think a part of that is that was Dave's like absolute choice. But unfortunately, Dave, now that's his reputation. Going back to how you kind of start your reputation is kind of how they're going to like that's that's kind of going to be the image that's going to be the hardest to shake. So now they expect Dave to do that. So Dave even responds like, mm, I don't really know about all that. And this is what this fucking nasty ass piss shit filled smegma filled bucket of like five year old nasty disgusted ass wasted cum says and i think his name is josh but i really don't give a shit about what his name is because he's a piece of shit even as a child and let me be very clear about this i don't give a fuck what a lot of these like adults like me as a former child and seeing these like former children that were with me grow up Children can be just as naturally fucking shitty as adults can. And yes, I know with children, there could be a lot of, you know, I would never like judge, judge, you know, a child when it comes to, you know, this maybe depending on the age. But at a certain age, it because let's not sit here and act like children absolutely have no fucking idea what they're doing and can't really conceptualize it because I'm going to tell you guys at 13 when I was mean to people and shit there could be a lot of other things going on in my life I guess but that's no excuse when I was mean to people I definitely understood the um ba- like the the absolute basics of it um and I definitely understood that that was my intention to do that. So can we break the myth that children shouldn't be judged for being shitty pieces of shit? Because children can also be that as well. Now, of course, it does depend on age as well. I would say probably around um, 11 or 12, because even like younger, I knew what I was doing, but probably around the age of 11 to 12 is when in, in 13, like the teenage years, we can start like, OK, now you know what you're doing. Now you're just being kind of shitty. And we we need to stop being scared to say that, because that is why a lot of these shitty children grow up to be nasty adults, very, very nasty adults. Um but anyways, back to that. Yeah. So he this statement and this statement definitely probably stuck with him um, for the rest of his life, because then this fucking smegma says what what you think like what you think she's gonna like you because you're hot and i like almost through the fucking remote through the tv in his face in the scene and i'm like i know you're not talking and another thing is it's usually yes i'm not gonna say it's usually but it's usually (laughs) the kids like that's why sometimes like i understand it like i'd be like God, can I please have the self-esteem? Like, 
self-esteem of some of these fucking mediocre ass niggas because it's just like you're mediocre as fuck and and, and, and acting like a shit don't stink because there's a difference between, oh that's self-confidence no that's just you being an asshole like let's not um confuse let's not confuse and conflate you know these very real issues like let's stop the madness so um yeah he's like and you know <sighs> whew when he said that to Dave, Elle shot them this look like, you know what, at, at this young age, Elliot was like, I'm not fucking with y'all because I see that y'all are very venomous and I miss that because Dave did that, but y'all are toxic as fuck. So his look at them was priceless through the whole, um, this whole scene. So then Dave agrees with the statement and he's like, you know what? I, I don't feel like I'm the most attractive, so shit, you know, I feel like I'm ugly, so maybe the funny guys do like, and which also reinforces, and it's a better understanding of why he does the shit that he does, because remember, not only, because a lot of episodes to put y'all up on game who don't know necessarily how television works, televisions usually have a main plot, which is considered plot A, and then one to two side plots, plot B and plot C, so though plot A is showing like, a plot the plot a of this is you know the family getting ready in philadelphia um for dave's first opening show with meek mill um the the side plot is also um plot b is definitely 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 the origin story of why dave um is you know ha relies so much on comedy and satirical things that is like honestly fucking his career up in the long run like it may have been a great starting point just like it was a great quote it was a quote unquote great starting point which goes to the fact everything that glitters is not gold it, it seemed like a great starting point when he made his quote unquote friends the use condoms and all that shit the dude the douche canoe crew um laughed and thought that he was one of them and it felt good um and also you gotta watch out because your selfish reasoning can be the thing that fucks you the most because let's let's face it um because dave isn't I, like i said i review things um i do critique but i'm very fair about it and like i said we got to be honest dave has a very big hand in this so, um, you know, Dave agrees. And like I said, once again, the camera angles are amazing because as Dave is walking towards her, you see the back, you, you can see like the background with, um, those fucking, um, how do I want to say baby pieces of caca, um, and Elliot in the background and those, um, dried cum stains on a motel floor are laughing and are hyping it up while Elliot, his real friend is like looking down and it's like kind of, you can see he's kind of just like Dave at some point, you got to fucking love yourself because these niggas are just using you um, for their own good time and really don't give a shit about you. So Dave then proceeds to go up to Carrie and we can kind of tell by Elliot's expression and Dave's kind of um, resistance to doing it that Dave could like this could have very well been the girl that Dave was crushing on and he told them thinking that they were his friends and they were like you know what what would be because now the the humiliation 
these niggas go up like they're like the most sadistic characters in the series thus far. They turn up the humiliation like with age, and I'm like, oh, so it's like this now. Um, so yeah, that's like okay. Now we're gonna make you humiliate yourself in front of it because this is gonna be like funny because it's a higher thing of humiliation. So. Dave does go up to Carrie, but he doesn't say I love her and then do the Dave bomb. He literally screams like and Carrie is in the front of uh, like the group of girls. So I wonder if that um, kind of signifies that, you know, Dave had a crush on like, you know, the popular girl. And um, you know what I'm saying and stuff like that, because that can very well be. And um yeah, Dave ends up screaming, like screaming, screech, like just loses it because I think that was part of himself that was a protective mechanism. That's like, I'm, if I'm going to do this stupid shit, I'm not going to be like, I love him. But, you know, to compensate for that, because he also likes to, you know, still sacrifice himself to make, you know, his friends and buddies happy. He basically the equivalent of having egg on his face because he smashes it on his like the his the front of his head and then he runs into a bush and like fucking michael phelps dives into that shit and everyone at the um bucket of um expired bodily fluids um and elliot sees this but you know the bird shit on the wind the bird shits on the windshield um are laughing and Elliot is just like I don't I don't even know what's going on. So um yeah, that puts a lot into perspective. So then the next scene, um Dave and his crew arrives um uh, at the venue and you know they're getting settled and they're getting shown into um their dressing room and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm pretty hyped because I'm like, okay, Dave, like, I'm actually happy because now this is your, you know, that little funeral shit, push that out of your mind because that was a blessing that you did not do that. Because if you would have done that, I don't think necessarily Meek Mills would have done that because, you know, people would have taken out their phones. And then people be like, this whole ass grown nigga, his audience, his children, um... I got to change my number. So that was actually a blessing in disguise, especially just starting off. And this is actually probably the better, the best moment um, being his first performance to put his career on like the actual, actual map to where he can reach a multitude of audiences. But it's going to take more than just this performance um, alone. So, um, yeah, he does that, and um, I'm trying to think of it. So, they arrive backstage, and even the stage manager or the person who sent them backstage asks Dave, like, do you want me to send some bitches back here? And Dave is like, no, um, no. So then, you know, Dave is chopping it up with his parents. Um, they talk about some funny shit and his mom is like, I want to get your congratulation card. So I'm also going to get the present that we got for you. That's in the car. Um, so, you know, it goes to a scene where Elliot and Dave's father have a conversation and it's so funny because he's like, Hmm, you know, why did you decide to go to, um, WeHo West Hollywood? I'm not, you know, Los Angeles. 
And Elliot is so fucking funny. And Taco just brings this character to so much life. Because this is the absolute most loiter squad fuck ass funny ass shit that I've ever seen in this whole episode. For you guys who did not watch Loiter Squad with Tyler Creator and his crew. It's funny as fuck. And he literally does a parody of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And now, as much as I don't like this short fucking black ass nigga Kevin Hart. Um... And, and I'm dark skinned too. I'm saying that like, you know, I'm sorry, excuse me, you know what that is color is. I, I do apologize, but I don't fucking like Kevin Hart short. I'm just gonna say short fucking black ass because of a lot of reasoning, but this has Kevin Hart's comedic strokes of genius written all over it, and I was absolutely fucking here for it because it was a stroke of genius and um Taco's delivery that kind of sealed the deal. So, and Kevin Hart is the executive producer of this, for those of you guys who does not know. And I think, if not an episode, I think the episodes are also through um, Hart's production company as well. Um, anyways, getting back to the um, thing at hand. Um, then he goes to do the um, VIP meet and greets. And... You know, this was a good thing for, you know, the upcoming artists because the artists are like, you got to understand that once you get bigger, you're going to draw in a lot more people than you think. And then also take into consideration that this could also be very directly affected by Little Dicky's, uh, the type of music he makes. So <sighs> Little Dicky, um, the first person he meets is this boy in the cast. And, you know, at first it looks like the sweetest, like um interaction and it was but then you know he tries to sign his cast and he's like shit i gotta get my signature together things that don't fucking matter for five million alex um and uh he, he finally does it and in the end of that meeting greet basically the boy's trying to give him his number and dave is looking at him like is is you know is that how many followers you have on instagram is that how much you think is in my um you know net worth or i think is in my bank account and he realizes it's a phone number and he's like uh no you can keep that i'm good um because i'm not gonna hit your line fucking ever like this is it um showing dave does have the ability to have boundaries and you know yes with not just people that he's extremely close to but also strangers um and keep that in mind as well so then he meets like you know this fucking, he meets basically the boy from Mad TV, um, and his twin sister, and or his sister, and he, the boy from Mad TV, um, basically is like, oh, you know, my sister will most likely fucking like he prostitutes his sisters, his sister's pussy to him. He prostitutes his sister to him, um, and uh, you know, if we look at the deeper meaning, like you know clout fucking chasing because then it's like oh you bang my sister we have a relationship and Lil Dicky is like um I'll pass on that and I don't know why you would say that weird shit so he definitely can express it as well as he can put up his passive boundaries then the next one is an army veteran and you know he's like you know um 
I, I watched this shit three times. I didn't hear him the first time. I didn't hear him the second time he really watched it. Or I did kind of hear him. And then I had to go on Hulu and turn the fucking closed captioning on to hear this man talking about some he's killed to his shit. And Lil Dicky is like, I know you fucking lying because bet it won't be me. Um, right. So um, he's like, what does that even fucking mean? And, you know, he explains that he's a veteran and... um. You know, he um, is a sniper or, you know, was a sniper, um, which also goes into, you know, kind of maybe touching. Well, I'm not going to say like this is the most shining example of it, but may touches on the example of like the mental state compared to the war. And also, since that was something that he was doing um, for a minute, he has a connection with Lil Dicky's music. And, you know, um, Lil Dicky is like, whoa. And then it progresses to, you know, him saying, oh, you know, my girlfriend would be so happy if you signed my dick. And I was like, huh, can we flesh this Lil Dicky fucking penis reference for the five millionth time down the fucking toilet? And as further proof of that, my cousin, Ky uh, not my cousin, my brother Kyle, um, me and him talked about it the second time I you know, during my second, you know, or before my second rewatch of it, or it may have been like the middle of my second rewatch um, of it. And he, in his opinion, and I love differing opinions. He's like, this episode was fucking lame. It's all fuck like bow wow type levels of fucking lame. And I, I, I asked him in pride, pride, because I'm like, this is very interesting. You know, why do you feel this way? And he was basically like, it's honestly because, it's honestly just a fucking because the jokes are becoming very mundane and it's becoming boring and it's like, okay, like, and you know, yes, that is the theme, but I also, you know, yes, that is the theme, but you have to understand where he's coming from as just a, you know, I'm not going to say a regular viewer because my brother Kyle can also analyze stuff, but he definitely is on more of the side of liking to watch shows like comedies for pure enjoyment and not necessarily this whole analysis. He's basically like, um, this shit is dead. This shit is kind of canceled. Um, not the show, but like just the repetitive, repetitive jokes because, uh, I understand little Dicky and please little Dicky fans and Dave, other Dave fans don't get mad at me, but can we be real? Like, can we um get a number two and kind of either like dick jokes or hold the dick jokes because huh, it's getting it's getting to the point where it's not even funny anymore. It's like, oh, another dick joke, another dick joke. The show opened with a dick joke for sure. And it was like, I just I can't it's starting to now this is starting to be a very, very, very unbearable trait that Dave, um, that the writing has. I'm not going to say Dave had because multiple people make, you know, penis jokes, but it, it's, it's starting to get a little bit unbearable. Um, it's starting for me to get a little bit unbearable, whereas uh, the average person that, you know, has been watching it and stuff who, because let, let, keep in mind, he, he loved like the previous episodes, but the jokes are starting to wear down on him. And I know if it's wearing down on him, a lot of y'all can not be honest with y'all if y'all want to. It's definitely wearing down on you guys too. So, um, 
Anyways, he's like, can you draw a dick on my dick? And I'm like, I'm kind of, it's uninspiring at this point. So I have like the straightest face. Like you can literally drive a car straight on how like straight my eyebrows were and how like dead my face was with this joke. Um, without the car like moving if you just release it and sliding off the angle of my eyebrows so I'm just like okay here we go again and then little dicky was like in the parking lot I'm like of course of course you would um, give in because it's a dick joke of course um, and then the veteran brings up like you know I was an original dickhead we just had we just just had a dick joke about it. Oh my God, can we like at least have like a quantity of time between them? Writers, I'm looking at you. Specifically, Dave, I am looking at you. Um, because you were the writer of this episode. You need some licks for that. And, um, you know, huh, he's like, I've been, I've been rocking with you since the beginning. Um, and he brings up his banana cream pudding song era, uh, and Dave himself realizes it, and he's like, that is the most stupidest, dumbest shit that I've ever heard, because that shit was fucking awful, like, by the gods awful, and, you know, he, he vocalizes that, and the man is like, well, you know, man, like... <laughs> It's just, it's like the, it's, he literally verbatim says, it's like the rest of your shit is just, you know, it's funny. And not, and it's just funny ass. Oh yeah, you know, this is one of the main traits and there are other redeeming traits. No, he meant specifically that is the singular um, trait of it. Like, it's just funny. It's just kind of like a parody, which kind of goes back, you know, to a lot of things. It's uh, One thing, quote, that comes to mind is in a previous episode, um, it was like a clout chasing fan. Like, you know, you're like a parody of, you know, life. And I'm like, um, oof, speaks very, speaks volumes, speaks volumes to little Dickie's struggle in the industry. This does too. So then afterwards, of course, that activates, oh, excuse me, the best meet and greet. So it was so cute. Oh, it warmed my heart because little Dickie's mom and dad goes to the meet and greet. And you can tell that they're just so, 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 so proud of their son. And um, they, you know, give him like gifts and stuff. And then when will little Dickie ever fucking learn to stop doing this sign? Then the Crips, then you just like shit your pants because this was like a variation of the Crip symbol and you not learning. You do not learn. Um, and he puts it up again and the mom questions like, what does it mean? And you know, he's, uh, so I guess, I don't know if it's him or like the dad, but I think it's like, you know, or someone in the background like a moniker for a small penis to where she then changes it to an L and, you know, takes the picture where L can be interpreted as, you know, the little dicky because it is in the mom's character where if things are a little too vulgar, she's not going to do it, um, necessarily. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's a whole thing. And, um, it can also be like kind of a, I viewed it and I could be reaching, but I viewed it as a double meaning. Um, so, you know, that whole parody, cause that's a parody of the crypt symbol, even though, you know, he didn't mean it to be, but that can be viewed as a parody of the crypt symbol and go into the theme of, um, you know, uh, cultural appropriation, but I'm not even going to get, and I don't even necessarily want to get into that being part of a culture, like gang culture or whatever, but um, just under the 
vanilla definition of pulling things from a certain culture or yeah because there is gang culture um so it could also be like an l that stands for kind of loser by the way that she was holding it, it wasn't on her forehead clearly because a little too obvious but because it's like okay listen like you're self-degrading yourself and if you're going to self-degrade yourself people are going to look at this shit as you being a fucking loser you need to have some self-respect for yourself especially if you want to be taken seriously but like i said that can just be my reach and then also too the dad kind of has like the little dicky symbol still um as i feel like more so as a callback to um the other episode it was uh hypospadius where it was revealed uh, to a young dave after the parents talked to him that oh you know there's nothing to worry about your dad has a small dick and i'm just like okay like that was a more very subtle and intelligent way to do a callback to a previous penis joke to just back to back to back to back rapid fire so, of course, after the meet and greets, um, Dave comes in and, of course, taking into consideration, this is a very stressful time. So here comes the neuroticism. And that's also starting to wear on me, too, because I'm like, you're going to have to pop a Zanny or something or smoke some weed because, like, I'm not about, you know, if I was his friend, because I'm not about to keep dealing with Every time you're under stress, like all of us are also not under stress, um, you're going to come in and just talk to us any kind of way. Because there was a lot of times that Dave would have got this like sharp tongue lashing for sure. So basically, Dave is upset because he sees a tweet that Mike, the manager, you know, wrote and basically is like, you know, XYZ, XYZ, like why you write this? Like it's Liddy. Like I would never say some shit like that. Huh, like you weren't the same nigga that wrote on your Twitter in the first episode you just got head and you weren't the same nigga in that same first episode that said on um, YG's like Instagram live post that Ali has um, a desert pussy. So like I don't want to hear it. Um, talking about that doesn't sound like me. Actually, it does, and that's also another good point to where it's like, you know what? Like, he's seeing it from kind of the outside, and he's not accepting it, and he's rejecting it, which is actually a good thing. And literally, Mike is so understanding. Mike is like, you know, I'm sorry that this happened. Like, I'm really sorry. And he's not raising his voice or anything. He's like, I'm really sorry. It won't happen again. I'm really sorry. It won't happen again. Um, you know, I, and he's, this is basically the, uh, synopsis of that conversation. He respected little Dickie's concerns and little Dickie's boundaries because he wanted that to be something that he did. He apologized for overstepping the boundaries. And then when little Dickie, like when he had that, you know, apology from Mike, which is also like, it was Gata showing the difference between a, one of his real members and his crew and Gata, watch, watch what happens. So Mike apologizes and then, you know, little Dickie is like so you know what is this attitude and there's clearly no attitude and that's clearly his self-esteem and that little hurt david talking because now this is little dicky talking to mike um and you know that's that hurt little boy dave talking um and him and that insecure boy dave talking um 
because when you're insecure and, and even when like your soul, because sometimes, you know, your spirit is going to know um, the things from what it absorbs before it actually hits your mind. And he knows that like his friends were really, excuse me, not his friends, the douche canoe, the douche canoe crew were really, really shitty towards him and did not respect his boundaries and didn't give a fuck um, about him. And Dave, you know. Th that that insecurity is on him like and when you're insecure like that um sometimes actual sincere like compassion and care can look like the form of a weapon when you're not used to it so catch these teas huh here comes the new douche canoe crew stumbling their um pace evil pasty asses into this shit and you're gonna understand why i say that too um actually so i won't go on you know this whole bird bomb concept shit let's not get it twisted because i had to do deeper thinking on it little dicky is very much so of jewish descent we can tell that his parents have a, of jewish descent he made a jewish joke um before he smashed his face into them with and which makes me think he coined the term in that like episode um bird um bird bomb um when he's you know face first and shit because they were making fun of his ethnically Jew um Jewish phenotypes like the phenotypes being a Jew like a longer nose and I'm pulling from experience of my fraternity and friends that I know that are Jewish who have been made fun for that same thing and we see that in media where oh Jewish people you know that's a beak that's a beak they're a bird like a bird bomb which is also a clever pun on his last name so little Dicky gets definitely the the writer's reward for that but it's also not to um far-fetched because he is, he is a beast on the pen like let's not forget that he's a beast on the pen as well so yeah like there's definitely you know racial insensitivities and also in the club when Els was like you're so fucking right huh after they like threw a fucking uh, superman cape on hood to describe gata which is also a concept that he's been dealing with since the first episode and was brought up in the first episode um when he talked to little dicky about you know being prejudged and all that other shit off of actions because they don't know his story and we do but unfortunately that is the reality of life like not everyone is going to get to know your story so you know just be careful how you present yourself from time to time Whew, sorry about that. Yeah, so continuing. These douche canoes come and, you know, these groupie Gregs, because they're, now they're the groupie Gregs in the moment. They come back and I'm like, huh, I don't even know why. These must have been the bitches and the, the groupie hoes that that one man was talking about before because, mmm, I see it. I don't see any difference between the groupie hoes and the douche canoe crew. So, um... You know, they come in, you know, doing this faux type of respect, like, oh my God, Dave, when it's really their clout chasing, knowing that this is the perfect time to come up on his come up. They probably saw the Somebody Suck Me video. Um, They probably, yeah, they definitely saw the Somebody Suck Me video because it went viral very quickly. And if I had to guess, it probably hit like at the rate that it was going like 60 or 80 million views by now, if not 100 million views. So it spread more worldwide. And then also, too, they probably saw the YG um, post as well. And then uh, they all, like, Dave also went viral 
three months in three months with 15 million views with his first single my dick sucks um so yeah um all of that put together you know they just trying to be in his squad to ride his gravy train which also goes back to Gator's statement in the previous episode like keep the grass cut for these snakes and these are the snakes not saying you know the little dicky would never never or he probably would have if the manipulation had as strong of a hold but never ever ever never would make the part of the group but you still got to keep the grass cut not only from you know your internal like workforce but even like the people who are just around your presence in general so you can tell mike is also not with the fuck shits because in that view that make that pushes him into you know you know that's a real friend but we've seen that multiple times he's not with the fuck shits he like literally asked they are starting to come in <sighs> with disgust does that little making my way downtown to doing a 180 and getting the heck on so uh yeah i guess one of the douche canoe crews got left at the door um without getting backstage which most which all of them should have been left at the door um, which is also another thing, like, don't, sometimes, you know, don't, you know, unlock that door back to your life with some of these, you know, toxic people maybe thinking like they're going to, you know, grow up or shit because we clearly can see that these people are literally the same age. They were 10. They're still acting like they're 10 and they're not 10 anymore. Like they still are very, very malicious. And like I said, these shitty children grew up into shitty diaper adults. Um, and you know, then Dave, once again, trying to like be passive and so comforting and, you know, accommodating to these dickwads basically was like, oh, um, you know, can you, um, can you let the, can you let the influenza virus in like, and put him on the guest list and Mike does make the excuse of like I haven't eaten like in like you know a whole day <sighs> yada 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 um and yes that could be true but honestly Mike just doesn't want to fucking do it because he can also see and he probably did see it at the club which is why he probably like hear hear no evil like hear no evil he knew them bitches was evil hearing no evil had his headphones on in his zone just smiling at little dicky because he knows that that they on some fuck shit so um you know he's but in reality he's like I'm not about to do that shit and make you compromise yourself and at this point you know Els is kind of like in the background because he's kind of done with the whole fucking thing um because remember little dicky met mike in college but Els is the person that he met in camp at camp lebec so he knows like the really really inner workings of these demons fucking thoughts uh these demons fucking thoughts so um you know mike is like basically <laughs> um <laughs> It's above me now, basically, and I don't know what to tell you. Um, and then, like, they start making requests, like, they're the show, and then it really hits little, it really hits Dave, it really hits Dave and that little insecure boy inside of Dave, like, these are the most cantankerous 
pieces of shit that you will probably ever meet in your life or have ever met in your life. Um, it's time. It's it's time. It's time to bring that hammer down. It's time to pull the cord and pull the plug. It's time to cut the rope. It's time to cut off the boiling water on the stove. It's time to cut the uh, like to cut the electricity off. It's time to turn the electricity off in this house made of all this bullshit. And he's like, e so pay attention to this word. He's like, everybody. Like, I just need to be alone. Like, please, like, please leave. Like, please leave. Because they were like, like, trying, like, running their own. Like, his actual crew didn't even, like, do the shit that they were doing. Um, so, <laughs> he kicks those birds out. And I'm like, yes, it must be bulk day because the trash is taken out. Um, and, you know, I think after he did that, you know, he was still with the aftershock of kind of finally coming to terms that, you know, those boys were not his friends. Those boys were not his friends and they just came back into his life as like some um, clout chasing cock riders and um, the groupie Gregs got kicked the fuck out. And I was like, perfect. Um, and... Dave, you know, Dave, not grown Dave. Um, it, it now that I think about it, it's almost like you know, the little boy and Elliot and the little boy and Dave was communicating through their grown physical manifestations, and um, yeah, manifestations because Elliot was like, "Thank you," and you can see uh, Dave is still hurt and dealing with the aftershock because Elliot was right. And, you know, Dave can probably see how Elliot was like, you know, some of the time because you're not going to be all Stevie Wonder blind five, you know, all the way around. Um, I got to see how he was. So, you know, Dave, um, Dave definitely, you know, acknowledged it, but he still hurt. And, you know, I know some people are like, I hated the next scene, but, you know, he did say, you know, respectfully, he's like, you know, I, I do kind of, you know, need to like alone for a minute so you know you can kind of tell like they kind of had an attitude like going but um leaving but shit sometimes it be like that and in the midst of it all you just also need just time to digest so i actually understood they pretty well on that and um when they leave and he's in the room with himself i think yeah meta like young dave show his like metaphorical um you know, past and like conscious in the past. Yeah, the past that's been really, really holding on to him. And he he comes in um, after it goes back to a flashback scene where now here's the full video of what or the full scene of what actually happened in the talent show. So after these fucking camp counselors that look like Jason Voorhees would have fucking slaughtered in the first five to ten minutes of, you know, any given film. Um, of any given, of you know, any given film, um, Dave, the boys behind him, you can see whispering like the, um, the, the used douche packets, um, uh, the, I'm sorry, excuse me, the used shitty, uh, tipped douche, douche, douche packets, um, are behind him and Elliot, like, kind of like, Whispering, 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 and then what ends up happening is they start a chant saying, um, we want bird, we want bird, which I'm like, mm, very, very, very 
very racially offensive, um, especially from the uh, point of uh, the point of origin, like where that was made from a very, very place of nastiness and um, kind of, you know, the racial tones. And then every one of the kids, you know, joined in, maybe not knowing because now, now, look, now Dave fucked himself because he created the reputation after he did that bird bomb in front of what kind of seemed to be the most popular girl in the summer camp. Um, now he's known as like this funny, like not not laughing at with you funny, but laughing at your humiliation funny, which is what he definitely puts into not only this fictional music, but this like some of his real life fucking music like he really does um, some of them. But, um, yeah, so, you know, he's walking up there, and in his mind, he's thinking that they're hyping him up, and, you know, Dave probably has never felt something like this before, like, at all, so, you know, this is a very good feeling for him, and the only person who is not cheering is Elliot, and I really like the fact that they made, um, the point that sometimes support is refraining from doing something because Elliot knew the uh, Elliot could kind of sense the fuck shit like mm, I know these niggas don't like you like that and really don't fuck with you like that because I fuck with you like that and I fuck with you heavy and they just praying on your downfall so he's looking like his the facial expression and like I said not only the facial expression but the cinematography and the camera like you know the editing, the post-editing work is phenomenal in the cinema. I know I keep saying that, but this episode, yes, phenomenal. And Andrew Day Young also needs some respect on his name too, because from what I researched, this definitely has him all over it. So, um, in in the multiple positions that he had. So Dave goes up to the stage and um, how it is shown to the audience what his uh, performance was is it, it, like from the stage before he goes up there, uh, the little boy Dave or, you know, the metaphorical manifestation of Dave's child self comes forth. Um, and, you know, he looks at him and he starts doing what we can definitely see as like either the talent show routine or if it's not necessarily the talent show routine. Well, actually, no, I'm gonna go through it. He does three things. The first thing is he put like he took a black marker and he starts scribbling on his face and his face only and start drawing it as well. And now, though it is not the same, um, and I have to say this, it is, it is not necessarily the same as Blackface, which this also has Kevin Hart's name written all the fuck over it. And he just did, he did so well with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air thing. But of course, of course, because everything is a fucking joke to Kevin Hart. He drops the ball on one of the most, like, kind of, when it, in terms of, like, the power, powerfulness. But it is still powerful um, on kind of this a little bit. But I actually like the what that represented because he's putting that on. And he's putting it on almost in the same respect as a blackface like making fun of the race but you know on top of it being you know he is white um of course however he is a type of white you know the jewish because jewish people were also oppressed and had very very tough oppression and i definitely like very very gruesome um type shit and you can see that you know that's how he probably now 
sees himself, you know what I'm saying? Like, he can actually kind of self-reflect and retrospect on it and was like, I was like almost the equivalent of tap dancing for like bottle caps and tap dancing for grape soda and fried fucking chicken in the metaphorical sense of they're not laughing. Um, they're not laughing at me and because of like my talent they're uh, with me because of my talent, they're laughing at me and the caricature of myself that I have made, I mean, I started. That's why he and no one else drew, like painted his face black and he painted his own face black to show that that is his own doing. Then the next scene, the next thing he does is, which I think is more so representative of what actually happened at the talent show because he's like, oh my God, you know, tough crowd. So that means, you know, no one was really laughing. They could have been laughing like in the actual talent show, but that just means like, you know, looking deeper because now little dicky is starting to open that third eye on his forehead um huh, i'm so sorry about that penis joke just thought it was fitting but he opens his third eye on his um and the third eye like you know the actual you know main you know penis hole and it's not to make i wasn't making fun of the hypo um you know that situation but he op he's actually opened his third eye to see this shit. And, you know, he's like, okay, they may have been laughing um, during the talent show, but they were laughing at me. And he's like, oh, tough crowd. Like, nah, that, like you, your talent was not getting through to them. Then he, you know, farts in his hand and he smells it. And I can only imagine, like, I can imagine him doing that on stage. And then he's like, oh, you know, not yet. And then it goes back to the callback of the first episode to when he started all this shit by, like, doing the bird bomb right into um, the pasta. You know what I'm saying? Right into that big-ass thing of Lomain. And that was a great callback because... At first, you think Lil Dicky's gonna accept it, and he's like, oh, I forgot, like, you were the funniest person I know, I feel better, like, hey, like, can you do that again? Trigger warning, violent slash death, um, can you do it again? And he's like, oh, of course, so he does it again, and Dave literally, and this, like, kind of took me out a little bit, because I just, I've and this is great because now we get to see the serious side of little Dicky, and actually gave that that gave me some tingles because we actually can see like don't let it be full uh you know that had to be that was that that was that real Pisces emotional acting because little Dicky is a Pisces March fifteenth Pisces Nation just like myself March first um and he drowned that little boy in that big ass pan of you know Lomain and um like drown like suffocated him and he falls to the floor which represents that you know he's no longer trying to do that shit anymore and realize that you know maybe he can incorporate it but he's not going to self-degrade himself either to that extent or it because it needs to be kind of at all especially if he's going to pursue this seriously and i think this could be the start of where he decides like i'm about to get very serious with my music and not just do all these parody ass type shits anymore 
Um, so yeah, little Dicky, um, he, uh, after he does that, he walks to the stage, the final scenes of the show and he gets very, he gets more serious about it. Cause remember Mike, uh, Mike texts him and say, you know, get to the stage, but little Dicky left his phone and he was already out the door, which is also a testament to like, cause usually Mike has to be the one to get him to initiate it, to initiate a lot of fucking things as seen in, um, somebody. However, um, Lil Dicky was already on his way to the stage any fucking way. So I like that callback or kind of callback as well. It was really the continuity is a one in this show and nobody can take that away from this show. Um, so, yeah, uh, Dave goes out, you know, he um, he does see like Mike. Mike is like, OK, you know, do a good job, you know, hype him up as a friend. And then he goes sees Gator. And like I said, um. This through this whole episode, like you know, we know of Gator's condition, and it is like and just like real life, because it could be his condition, but also just because he has that condition, a lot of the thing you can still be very valid with your condition and still see like you know um, rays of that condition pop out or can see the condition in effect. And, you know, he is kind of reluctant, and I I personally felt like it was that energy. Where Dave kind of, you know, was basically giving off that, you know, I'm sorry energy and you my homie. And then, you know, that's when Gator was like, you know, let's kill this shit. No, he said, kill it. He said, all right, let's like kill it. Um, And, you know, I hope like they re this rectify either in the next episode or like it's rectified between this and the next episode because... Something is just telling me that due to this fuck shit that happened and Dave may be kicking them out with the other uh, people that he kicked out, that really negatively affected his relationships. Um, as we can see, like specifically Gata, um, we really did we don't see him interact with um, Els at all before he goes on stage um, to kill it. But at uh, the ending scene, which I thought was also a very beautiful direction is we don't hear like exactly what's playing like we don't really like hear the crowd at all either and it's like we're just feeling the energy from it and we're feeling the seriousness and we're yeah we're feeling that serious energy and it's also pretty fucking dope that um little dicky used the graphic that um emma little dicky used the graphic that emma made um, that Emma made for him, um, you know, and he actually used it for the McMillan. Remember, uh, you know, he was telling Emma, like, I just feel like X, Y, Z, like that's not me. However, the crowd was going fucking up for Dave, e uh, excuse me, Lil Dicky, Gata, and, um, even else with that big ass graphic in the background, which is like, it's okay to, you know, be yourself, but you also need to figure out if you're being yourself or you're being a caricature of what you think people view as yourself or what you think, you know, you should be viewed as by people because that's also a very different thing. So, yeah, that ends the show. Uh, not Yeah, that ends the episode, excuse me. And all in all, there's like there's no like ending music at all. It's still that same like music that's played. And I think that that was the perfect 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 ending to that um episode um so yeah like you know um a couple of things that i'm 
want to hit on because I know this uh, kind of podcast got lengthy, but it was such a lot to unpack because this was crafted really well in writing. Of course, there were sometimes the writing fell a little bit flat, which but most of it was really, really good, especially compared to the last two episodes Lil uh, Dickie had wrote. Um, and I definitely want to really give some of that credit to the um, director of the episode and, you know, maybe some of his creative direction because he was also a writer. He was also an editor. So he is very well versed in it. Um, so I definitely want to give some credit to Andrew DeYoung, too, because you definitely, definitely did that shit as well. And, you know, Lil Dicky, you did that shit as well, too. So all in all, this was a very jam-packed episode again, but it was jam-packed very well because now we have a lot of reference points to go back on compared to the fucking 30-minute or 27-minute pilot where... There's no other points of reference, and now we gotta just hit you all with all this shit at once. So this was done, and that goes back to my point where do not rush the pilot. Um, and just it, it takes time. It really does take time to mold it. <sighs> so you know some things that I really liked about the episode, even with Emma not being there. You know. Uh, not Emma, excuse me, even with Ali not being there. And, and yeah, it too, even with Emma not being there, you can tell that they were definitely there in spirit. And I appreciate that because characters don't necessarily have to be physically there in order to be in an episode, in my opinion. And that was very, very, very much so well done because this thing also goes back to the what Emma says, like, when did you care what people think like when did you start caring what people think about you and yeah he said now but however we found out that that was a lie based off of this background um story but you know you're not really gonna get too much into that type of detail you know what i'm saying um with somebody like that or maybe he just didn't think deep enough about it which is an issue and i hope from this episode four he starts fucking thinking about the shit that he did because in these next episodes these are some of the things that i'm thinking maybe is going to happen so definitely the him and ally relationship situation gotta be coming to a head because it's just so many signs just leading to their relationship is in detriment because he didn't call Ali back from what we saw because I feel like that if, and if he did in the middle of the episode that's going to get a thumbs down because as important as the camera pan into that specifically that should have been something on screen but I can definitely see that happening in the future um I can see Dave now having to repair these fucking strained relationships that he had because he decided to let these cantankerous fucking people in with the real ones and as much as the real ones loved each other, or love each other, they're not going to always be there to defend Dave. Message. A lot of you need to hear this. I also do um, like the fact that, um, just, you know, a retrospective thing, I definitely like the fact that they showed them like this at the age that they were on as well, because a lot of people think that these problems cease as soon as either 18 or even better yet when you're out of college. No. I know grown-ass people who this still happens to, because it takes, time doesn't do it, you do it. Time doesn't do it, you have to do 
that you have to stand still or you're going to have these people in your life forever, especially if you like are what doing what Dave is doing because they can get something from it. They don't give a fuck. But they did not give a single shit about Dave. And it's very, very, very serious. It's very, very, very obvious that they didn't. So um, just very be very, very careful about that as well. Um, also with that, um, friends are not, and I know a lot of you probably, cause I did kind of think that the first rocks through, but then I thought about myself. Cause like I said, I went through a lot of the same bull squaggity crap that Dave went through, um, coming up. It's when dealing with self-esteem allowing, because I felt some way about my self-esteem, um, you know, and I'm just thinking like these used busted condoms must have had the power to absorb self-esteem from other people or people that have weaker psyches because um, their self-esteem was a little bit too high for them to be talking to Dave the way he was talking to Dave. Um, but yeah, got gotta be. So I can say this and I can critique this, you know. Coming more, you know, from a person, you know, that definitely went through this shit. It is not your friend's responsibilities to always fight your battles. Now, yes, you definitely want to give some of your friends the side eye of you getting super jumped on all the time. But however, also, too, when we think about it, what could else really do? Because Dave started that shit. And like now that I think more and more about it, I really do think that that was putting it all together. The start of that bird bomb. And it wasn't like, you know. All of that and stuff like that, especially when he made that Jewish joke. Um, definitely like the race connections because a lot of the time, um, you know, yes, then it, you know, sometimes it's not the same. Sometimes they are accepted, but we do forget about some of the. I know people definitely fucking do that to ginger. Like I don't want to say, excuse me, that is a slur. Do that for me, but I know like it's the colloquial version. So I know a lot of people, um, do that to the redhead folks out here, um. You know what I'm saying? Um, where it's like, oh, they don't have any souls and stuff. Ha ha. And media, because media also has a very big role. And I'm happy that they stopped that shit because that's literally like, you know, Jewish people have the stereotypes of they have money. Yes, but then it's negative because it's like they're super, super stingy with their fucking money and don't want to ever help people. And they're fucking selfish. They're business, they're business savvy, but they're fucking cutthroat and they don't have souls when it comes to it. And if they're not those, they're like the butt of the jokes. They're funny, but not the ha ha we're laughing at your talent funny no it's the ha ha we're laughing at your at your dumb ass funny so you know that was really well intertwined another thing that like i said may see in the uh, future is when it comes to dave's parents you know and like i wonder if this is the episode that's going to kind of start a down spiral because uh usually the shows that i watch that have like a a consecutive storyline Mm, you know, mid mid seasons, like you you do kind of start to after you get to you know that point where maybe be a, the main character's highest or the character's highest moments. Here comes the down spiral or the down slide. So I'm, I'm I was getting that this is the start of the down slide. Um, from everything that happened to how he treated his friends to 
the um you know the alley situation with the phone um because remember he still didn't he didn't respond to alley but of course we could i guess we can kind of see like okay well he probably did you know respond to alley but he probably he also went to the club that night so he probably didn't respond to alley until he did that which i kind of want to know if the douche uh canoes kind of made him like not made him but influenced him to do something while he was heavily heavily intoxicated so um let me see that 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 and then also too the personal life because let let's be honest I, I or let me be very transparent i honestly do appreciate it because i feel like the point of actually going more in depth into a parent's role is like this is like the build-up of what you know is going to affect like little dicky in their personal life because it kind of sounds like either the mom just is not happy in her marriage wants a divorce or um maybe may not even be happy in her marriage because like you also have to understand that and i'm going to just say this yes she's not satisfied when she's at oh at least she'll make someone happy sex is still very important in the relationship and yes older citizens also like to have sex like can we please stop acting like that this is not a thing yes older people also like to have sex and you know if she's not getting like you know and it is usually around that time too where it's like uh like what is happening so um you know and also the dementia the the, the dementia storyline and that's when it gets really like that was kind of the first dark moment of it where the car thing and the way he's wearing his suit and then oh yeah um after the meet and greet mike was like your dad is looking for birthday cake and little diggy was basically like what the actual fuck what do you mean birthday cake which makes you think like maybe he thinks like this is like one of dave's like parties which as a child which goes back to maybe he sees is like it's starting to go back and forth where he starts to see dave as a child which doubles it as the dementia aspect and how dave uh has been holding on and he can actually see dave for exactly what you know he really is and also with the parenting now that i think about it saying it out loud with the parenting as well like how like not coddling but how so much on him they also see him as a child which kind of goes back to that theme as well where it's like we're not you're not 10 anymore you're not 10 anymore and those used condoms they were mentally and spiritually and emotionally still fucking 10 and dave i think at the end killing his child honestly was the um how can i say it the famous the famous biblical words you know um as a child i thought as a child but as an adult i put childish things away honestly and um i definitely because that was the first thing that not the first thing but I, I was thinking about it deeper i'm like okay that's actually the perfect like you know thing for you know um to kind of compare it to um for sure and in, in that in in the sense of what that line is meaning and i think he when he put the childish things away oh yeah he put that bitch away um six feet fucking under like no chaser um so yeah um that's also another thing it's kind of like the grow up and now um, I think in the future, now he's going to be faced with grown-up, grown-up decisions because his thinking has, like, is should be shifted in kind of a different way now. Um, and also, too, now that his thinking is shifted, now he's going to, now the problems that are, now he's going to have to probably tackle them head on as the adult that he has flourished and um, become. 
Um, and then also too, I'm still, I guess, waiting for this thing with Mike's sexuality. For those of you guys who didn't know, you guys please check out my um Dave episode one to five video because that um I'm already almost at the two hour mark for this, but I and I really did try to keep it shorter. However, there's just so much good stuff in this um episode that I've and I actually my my brother didn't like the episode, but I really enjoyed the episode and I enjoyed like kind of the evolution and the whole like, you know, yes it's a comedy, but everything doesn't have to be a you know kind of and I'm my my brother doesn't think like this he understand it but for the reason why I'm more so okay and accepting of it maybe compared to other people is because to me even in the comedy everything does not have to, like every scene does not have to be joke 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 especially if the comedy has a storyline um there can be very 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 serious and dark moments and I feel like this was kind of the most um. I'm not, maybe not the most equal, because I will unfortunately have to give that to Hypo, um, Hypospadius, maybe for the e equal in both comedy and melodrama. Um, I think this definitely did pull on the emotion strings to where it had, um, a little more, you know, melodrama used correctly. Used correctly than um in in the you know the definition of it than you know the joke joke and it was very fitting because this is an origin episode like we are digging into the psyche of a character we're digging into the soul of a character and we're actually through this episode we we're digging into the psyche and the souls of multiple characters and yes no 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 that is not the time to be all jokey 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 and the jokes that they did have there's still no excuse that they were that fucking lame some of the time and just you know give me a number give me a for the next episode give me a number seven kind of maybe hold a little bit of the penis jokes or like just kind of ixnay them not necessarily all together but ixnay like 95 percent of those jokes or if not 95 we'll start off slow and like honestly 70 like i think that's a very fair starting point not fucking 50 because that's still too much 70 um we can ixnay 70 percent of those penis jokes because yeah the, you guys are going to start seeing more and more people like hmm oh another penis joke oh another penis joke Hmm, I wonder what else is on TV. And bam, you just lost a good amount of the people that watches it. Because my brother Kyle, uh, like he used to watch it like as it was coming on. And he was praising it like, oh, it's good, it's good, it's good. And yes, we have different opinions. But overall, we both thought it was good. And then this episode, because it was tiring and stuff, was like, all right, I'm not even going to watch it when it comes out. I'm going to watch it on Hulu. And like, you know, I understood. But like, please don't worry about me. I am going to watch it when it comes out. I'm going to watch it two to three times when it comes out so probably two on the tv and then one time on hulu and do the review so yeah um yeah so just keep that number seven in mind um i definitely i haven't looked at the preview for episode number seven i also do look at the previews for it so i'm about to check that shit out as well um also i'm super happy that um for, I'm super happy that we get to know their real names because yes, there is power in using there is power in using your given name um, 
and when you know there's a difference between giving a surname your surname is your last name your given name is actually your first name and I view that as like who you are individually even if you know you're repeating first names and stuff while you share your family name um your first name is usually unique to you in the sense of like your identifier in your group or in your family even with those people who may have you know the same name it's still like unique to you which is like that's yours that was bestowed to you not automatically passed down as your birthright and i really respect that for sure so yeah like um i'm trying to see like i said like the the i don't the only thing i really didn't like oh i also really love the growth of Dave in this episode because yes it was about time it was really 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 about fucking time um especially when after this episode you're 60% done with the first season yes you have four episodes left after this and the last episode is the season finale um so yeah uh the only thing I really didn't like was mm, oh and actually, you know, I also have to give props where I feel like they're due. Um, even though, at, like I said, Ali wasn't there, I definitely like her involvement. And I kind of actually am getting excited for it to, to see. And I really hope they don't let me down. But I'm also going to be step, steeped in reality. Because this can really, really open up the depths of Ali for sure. Um, the only other thing, the only thing that I really didn't like is... Um, mm, like I said, some of the writing and the jokes were kind of boring. But in this episode, for me personally, I can take or leave that shit. I mean, yes, it was very annoying. But I, the objective of the episode wasn't necessarily to be extremely comedic, regardless of it being in the comedy drama. Um, and then um, also to... Um, yeah, we do get a lot of these things for Mike. They do keep his character continuity very, very, very on point. But like... There's only four episodes left, and I think it's about time to, like, actually go a little bit into depth. A not a whole lot, but you go a little bit into depth about Mike's character. So then, by the time we get into season two, all of the characters can be, you know, a lot more well-rounded. Um, so, yeah, once again, guys, I know this was a little lengthy. Um, I did chop, um, you know... Uh, 38 minutes off of it so thank you guys for listening please 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 you know continue um right now i'm starting to open up the anchor app and putting my podcast on anchor if you want to thinking about doing it on youtube as well where you know maybe not me in the video but maybe an uh avi or something and then to where you know i can have like a beginning intro and a uh, beginning intro song and then the ending intro song and then Mm, I am still on the borderline about having background music because I definitely feel like sometimes it can be, you know, distracting. Um, but yeah, so just thank you guys for listening once again. Remember, if you guys want to keep up with Dave, Dave comes on on Wednesdays on FXX um, at 10 p.m. And then if you guys missed the 10 p.m. one, don't worry because the same episode comes on on FXX um, right directly after for those of you guys who can't um, see it. And then also for those of you guys who may have Hulu Plus, it comes on. Usually they were really good. I know Hulu usually is at three o'clock, but for Dave, for all, for um, 
some reason, um, I can play it like after the second time it comes on. And sometimes the Hulu one can be better. Um, however, also keep in mind that when you watch it that early, you gonna have like 200 and something seconds of commercials. So you probably want to maybe have a video game, you know, while you're doing it, you know, maybe take a shit, take a piss, use the commercials as, you know, maybe reflecting and analyzing time for real um, about some of these characters and let me know what you think. Um, in the future, like I said, I'm going to set it up to where I'm going to put my um, email, you know, in the description, um, or maybe not in the description, but I'm going to find a way to it because I definitely, with the anchor thing, maybe want to not yeah maybe make that like my main platform and then just download like the stuff from there and put them on soundcloud that way like um i would prefer to like do my own mixing but i need to look at the fair use laws of like some of them so if you guys have like any um because that's something that me and my brother kyle was talking about but if you guys are very familiar with that because i am still a rookie in the podcast game just let me know some of the fair use laws if not it is definitely okay um once again i want to say you know thank you for watching the next video up probably like i'm gonna do like a potluck podcast most likely it will not be as long as this but it'll just be like me talking about certain topics right now i am trying to stay away from one of the major major topics because it's just been draining it's just been very morbid um it's just been like i don't really want to talk about that right now maybe after it's over or when you know we start to see the light in the situation um, or, or not start to see, but the light is shining more brightly than it is being dim. Um, I will start talking about it or else I just continuously get pissed off about some of the shit that a lot of these dumbass people are doing in this situation. Then, yeah, I am going to go off. But other than that, um, the next podcast is probably going to be a potluck podcast. And then upcoming after that will most definitely be for those of you guys who are fans of the Fraternity Frenzy series, the Fraternity Frenzy um, episode three, um, you know, members only now we're about to go through you are you know actual like a member uh, actually a member in an organization and if you guys have not caught up please 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 um you know look at my um first episode and uh first episode regarding the rush process and the second episode regarding the pledge process um yeah that's all right now so thank you very much for joining me um on this podcast and always remember levitate i mean not levitate ooh, but that too if you if you got that green good um meditate elevate i love you and stay safe bye-bye